Are you a hybrid athlete who wants to learn more about how to combine your strength and endurance training? Well, I've written a new book, The Science of Hybrid Training. In this book, I provide insight into the misconceptions surrounding strength and endurance training by distilling the past 50 years of research and drawing on the conversations I had with great scientists, coaches, and athletes on the Progress Theory podcast. This book is essential reading for hybrid athletes and coaches who are looking to understand the key training variables and their effect on the simultaneous development of strength and endurance performance. Get your copy now, available to buy from Amazon. Now, let's get into the show. Word. <laughs> Word. Um, right, tell no, us. We need, we need, a, we need a still. Um, 5K. <laughs> Run it. Bosh, you're off. How was my 5K? The 5K. So let's just quickly. So eight weeks. Mm-hmm. To the day. Eight weeks. Eight weeks to try and get sub 20 in a 5k what was the start time what was your time at the beginning of the project it was 22 minutes shit i asked that question you're going to ask me the same thing i don't remember i know what it was i know what it was um 22 minutes and no it was dead on dead on 22 minutes okay so maybe we started talking about um uh where I followed that person at the park run <laughs> with the oh, 22 yeah, 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 the bib. And um, eight weeks later, mm. what happened? Give us the run. Well, the end was 20. And what was quite evident quite quickly is that that was probably a duration which wasn't long enough to actually get such a big increase. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know we originally chose our particular... Uh, challenges based on what was popular you know like everyone talks about if they're an amateur runner like oh have you got a sub 25k so well let's see if we can do that in eight weeks um and for some people i reckon that could be possible depending on like their physiological makeup and that um but i think it was quite evident as i started to go through the eight weeks that it probably wasn't going to happen to me which which ended up not not happening like i pb'd by about mm-hmm. 30 seconds which mm-hmm. Which, is, which felt really weird. Like I remember uh, finishing the 5K and the retest, absolutely blurring, just fell on my back, stared at the sky and had this weird feeling that I should be really happy because I've knocked off 30 seconds. Like that's, I think, is quite impressive in a short amount of time. Um, but because we made such a big goal originally, I was like, ah, oh, Ah, my pride. I was just like, yeah. oh, it's a bit guessing. Yeah. But, but we um, did vow, and I know we spoke about this just before we jumped on, like, we're all about honestly, like, honesty, sorry, and we're not going to sugarcoat it and stuff. So no, we didn't, you didn't make it, but, and there was a sense of initial disappointment. Would you, is that what you're trying to get at? There was initial disappointment, but actually on reflection, a 30-second improvement on your PB in eight weeks is is a decent chunk. 
Yeah, it was, it was, yeah, upon reflection, I guess it's pretty good. I think the, the biggest thing to actually be pleased with is have an understanding of what kind of qualities I think I now have. Um, I think that with the decisions we made with the programming actually gave me a really strong base to really push on now to then try and get decent time within the 5k, like in another, well, that's eight- what I was going to ask you. If you had another eight weeks, how do you, do you think it would be 30 seconds or do you think actually now you possess the sort of knowledge and qualities to like really go now? Mm. I, th- I, I, it might be two Billy Big Balls to say that I'd get under 20 <laughs> in another eight weeks. But I, I, mean, I don't see why I can easily get underneath 21 minutes and push mm-hmm. towards 20. Um, I mean, ultimately, I was running more, so that's going to give me a base, a better base. But I think there's key things which we kind of developed with the program, which actually provided more, a more advantageous base to, mm-hmm. to work on. So, I think so let me ask you. Let me cool. ask you a couple of questions. What do you think um, uh, went like right? Like, what was it that you you felt actually? I could feel myself. Was it your form? Was it just the the skill of running more? Do you, and, and 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 vice versa? Do you feel like there was anything which you thought I'm, I struggle with this or at this kind of pace or this kind of time frame? This is where I'm. I'm in my sort of slightly weaker zone. Like, I guess what I'm trying to say is on reflection, what were those areas of like real encouragement and positivity you took? And what, where were the areas where you were like, ah, okay, this isn't as easy or I'm finding this difficult or challenging. Like, and maybe based on that, what adjustments might you make if you were to do this again? Mm. Um, yeah, shall I reflect on what we did over the yeah, in fact, good idea. Why don't you tell them right. what we did and then we can go back can and chop ch- ch- that up. So we chose a six-day rotation, didn't we? So it's typically when days. people are planning weekly training, they do it over seven days. Well, we chose something different uh, over six days. So the idea is that every six days, you then repeat the next cycle. And over eight weeks, that worked out to be about nine, nine cycles, maybe just over nine cycles. Yeah. So within each cycle, we had two sort of shorter, easier runs. Uh-huh. You had one long run, and then you had one intense run. And that intense run was either an interval session or it was a tempo session. Uh, and the, the difference between the intervals is like typically the intervals are shorter and they are uh, much, uh, much faster. Uh, the tempo runs are slightly not as fast, but they're over longer durations. And typically, like say, if you've got a, a tempo run to do, say you're running, I don't know, 12K, uh, and then you'd have like a 2K easy as you got into it, and then you'd do like 4K at a certain speed, have a K off or a short period of time that you slow down, and then you go again. Like you could do it based on distance. You could do it based on time, you know eight minutes at a certain pace, that sort of thing. So those are the intense sessions because we were trying to follow polarized training where exactly. you had 80% of your training was in the sort of easy zone. And then you had 20% roughly was in the really intense zone. And we based those zones uh, on um, positions of where our lactate threshold is. 
So anything. And for those people that don't know what we're talking about, it was episode or episode two. You mm. got your um, graphs and charts out, and what you can present. It was basically a presentation for us of how this looks visually. So if you're not sure what we're talking about, go to episode two. Thanks. Definitely. Did a Joe Rogan there on the last podcast. If you don't know what we're talking about, shoot back episode 1000. Jamie, pull that up. Um, but yeah, episode yeah. two, we covered this mostly. But yes, yeah, sorry to interrupt. I just yeah, wanted no, to, to no, certainly. I mean, from like episode, was it episode one? We looked at determinants performance and then yep. we looked at programming. Then we looked at S&C. So definitely check mm-hmm. out our previous uh, podcasts in this series. Uh, but the lactate threshold is uh, you have your blood lactate and that will tend to be at a point which is quite steady because the blood is, you know, the, the body is producing lactate as a waste product, but at the same time, the blood is removing it. But there's a point where you're working at an intensity that's so hard that the rise of lactate becomes bigger uh, and greater than the, the body can get rid of it. And there's two distinct points, the lactate threshold and the lactate turn point, where you start to see in uh, an exponential increase in lactate in the blood. Mm-hmm. Um, so anything that was easy was underneath this lactate uh, threshold point, which we uh, agreed would be around 70% of our heart rate. So it's actually quite far down from where our um, lactate threshold is. Um, so they, that's where they were easy. And then everything else was the, the more intense sessions uh, where we would run at paces which were considerably higher that would get our heart rate to be way above our lactate threshold. Um, and we, we use this as a way of following Pareto's law where um, 80% of your performance outcomes are usually done by 20% of the work that you're doing. Mm-hmm. So those, that 20% was the, the key training that was influencing our performance, but that is well supported by the 80% of the easy stuff that we did. If you just did 20% of, you know, 100% of hard training, you just break. You wouldn't be able to you do just that. just burn out, yeah. Exactly. So we, had, we tried to follow that, and that's the kind of structure that we did regarding the six-week cycle. Um, and I guess what I noticed quite quickly was... Um, I think from a logistical point of view, I actually found it quite difficult to juggle work and life around that six day cycle because, because it's every six days, it changes. So yeah, it chops like the final day is kind of Friday and then a Thursday. Yeah. Yeah. And upon looking at that, like, especially originally we were like, Oh, that, you know, that shouldn't be much of a problem. Like we're working from home quite a bit. Um, uh, so you should That's be important to-, to note, Phil. I was thinking about this. Eight weeks ago, we were in quite a different spot to where mm, we are now. Like, so. like as a, as a society, like people were genuinely working at home. I don't know about what it's like where you are right now or where other people are listening, but it's pretty busy. Like where I am now, you know, like mm. people are out and about. Trains are full. Like I know it's still not like as it was, but it's important to know that in those eight weeks, actually, life like the logistical sort of day-to-day movements very different which is no one's fault not a problem it's just something as you mentioned it actually i ended up realizing the further this went on what the more tricky it was to find like legitimate times to 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 do this kind of training yeah and well training well life was changing week by week wasn't it 
like yeah. government lockdown rules were changing, how work was reacting to it was changing. So all of a sudden it became more difficult to balance everything. Mm-hmm. And it did make me think, um, if we had a, a, an eight-week stretch which wasn't disturbed by so many different factors, it could be something that could be quite good. Or if you, you know, if you weren't, if you were a full-time athlete, it's also something that could be utilised quite effectively. Mm. However, it became really difficult for us. Um, and one of the key things I found uh, difficult manipulating it was when, like, for example, I went to centre parks uh, for four days. So all of a sudden. Although you could say, oh, you go out and um, uh, just get your runs in around centre parks. It certainly was a lot more difficult when you're trying to, you know, be with family. So I was trying to restructure everything around um, key holidays or key events uh, that I had to do. And like, for example, the the centre parks time occurred when my volume was at its peak. Mm. So I ended up doing running the most volume I've ever done in a week, but I actually did it in four days. And in a different location, unfamiliar terrain and things well, like I, that. I did it before I went. Oh, okay. okay. So I, usually right. that, by the schedule, that volume that I did should have been done over six days. I actually oh, did it can... over four days instead. Uh, and then I, it was scheduled that I would have a um uh, uh one of the intense sessions after or the, just on the morning that we were leaving and did you do, my, did you do any training in center parks just light uh, light just, movement just one run just one run yeah I, um, I tried to schedule it so one of the easy runs was done then and uh all of a sudden because of all that huge volume which would probably be okay if it was over six days but because it was over four days my soleus was just killing me. Mm. So small tweaks like two days at a time which is really important in the program then affected me differently. So then I couldn't do my intense session the day after. So all of a sudden, if you think about, okay, you've got nine cycles and I've lost one of my intense sessions, like that's, that's a huge chunk of your 20%. Now that happened to me three times where either my Slayers played up twice. So that affected um, two intense sessions and also had to miss one because of a, a being in the forest of Dean of another time. So if you think over the nine weeks, you've got nine sessions to be so intense three. and I've affected or so missed a third. Two. I've missed a third. So then all of a sudden that 80, 20 becomes more difficult to uh, maintain just because of how you've organized life and how niggles happen. Um, but I guess, the, that, I guess the bottom line though is unless you're a paid athlete, then this is your job. There's always going to be something. Mm. And it's just important to recognize that, you know? And like, I think certainly I am, but I, I think you are too, Phil. It's like, we're quite disciplined, even though we don't do this for a living, like we're quite disciplined, but inevitably, um, most people are going to have a few curveballs are going to have a few kind of, I didn't get around to that sessions. And I think you've proven that even though you didn't potentially make that, well, you didn't do the sub 20 that you sort of set out to do. You still ran a PB. You still mm. improved as an athlete, despite the, the slight obstacles. And despite the fact that you lost three of those intense sessions. So 
again, I'm like, I'm trying to always think about people that listen and they're in the same boat and make excuses. And then maybe very valid, you know, someone's ill, childcare, you know, you're living in a different location. You don't have access to treatment. I don't know. But like, that doesn't mean game over. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? It's important just to continue on the journey. Even if you miss these things, we'll f- you can figure it out. Mm-hmm. And you running a PB despite that shows, shows that's possible. Yeah. And I think removing the, the intense sessions just then changed the focus of the program mm. because it became very sort of base building because of what was, what was left. Um, which, so that's what makes me think, like if I had another eight weeks, I could have really pushed because I've just spent eight weeks building a better base. Um, I certainly would, you know, if I... even You'd lose more weight, wouldn't you? Uh, I mean, the more you run, weight would like, you, help for me, but uh, it's not. Ha, no, ha, ha, I was going to ask you if you'd lost weight. And by the way, this guy's jacked up, so it's not a question of fat or anything. It's just like you're a big fella, you know. You lift a lot of weight. Big crash ball inside centre. So, mm-hmm. no. <laughs> crash um, Whereas my frame, you can just see in the camera, like I, I have more of a natural runner's build currently, you know. Um, but do you think? If you did eight more weeks, you'd just naturally lose more size, make yourself slicker, quicker across the ground? Or do you think that's not really a concern? It's just getting the miles in. I think I would naturally lose more weight. Like my wife's already saying that I'm too skinny. Um, oh, really? I don't think, I don't oh, think yeah. I've lost actually that much when it comes to the weight. But right. size-wise, uh, my shape has changed from just... One, running more, but two, I wasn't doing too much in the way of, I barely was heavy lifting. A lot of my um, S&C was coming from either assistance work or just trying to be bouncy and, and, and stiff. So there would be lots of jumps, sort of low level plyometrics. I did some more intense plyometrics around sort of the last, i say yeah. between halfway and two thirds. Um, so, I mean, I became really, really springy. Um, which cool. I was really kind of happy about. Nice. Um, so that's an important thing. To, so you felt like, about, like springier. Mm. Especially, you know, I, I was talking about the, the peak volume. As I came out of that, I started down, uh, reducing the amount of volume I was doing and increasing the intensity. And there was a period there where I really quite felt like the fatigue of the high volume was starting to wear off. Uh, and the um, sort of the physical qualities I was getting from running more and doing the more specific S and C were really trying to start to. And you, so, uh, you know, again, I feel like that S and C section, we almost had to try and convince people that it was, it was crucial to running good times. I feel like a lot of people go, I've been running every day, mate. But, and we were kind of making the point that there are some insane S and C type drills and, there needs to be time spent on that type of thing. And in fact, you're kind of now saying, if, if I'm right, that um, actually those S&C drills, you felt you could almost feel like a, a physical difference, mm. uh, a bounciness, a lightness, which just shows how valuable those sections of the work, of the programming were. Yeah. It, I really wish that the university was open during this whole process because if I had access to something where I could measure set, that, like uh, jump height or my ability to bounce, you know, so you can do that based on um, calculations, based on the amount of time you spend on the floor, based on the amount of time you spend in the air. Um, There's there's an app or something that can do that, is there? 
some kind yeah, of there should be, yeah there's an app called my jump oh right to pay for but um Damn. that's something you, you i'd know. love to i'd really like to have seen your results from that but there'll be yeah. more there'll be more yeah, it was one of I've those still got it in my I really, I really want to dunk a basketball. It's on my bucket list <laughs> to dunk. Nice. And I feel like I should just spend like one of these series just being like, all I got to do is improve my vertical jump. You know, like just want to be able to dunk the ball. Mm. Um, but I, I, uh, one of those, I've seen a few sort of athletes, they have almost um, like knee braces on that can kind of measure an angle. They work out force through the ground and things. It's a very interesting thing. But um, I'm glad to hear just without the need of data, you just felt that you were more, what would you say? More explosive, springier? Yeah. Lighter, I, could what feel, I could feel the hang time as I was doing pogos and vertical yeah. jumps. Like it was so nice. much more than was at the beginning. Um, nice. Yeah, I'm going, it's very subjective and I'm going off feel. But uh, mm-hmm. maybe I spent so long feeling so heavy that all of a sudden it felt like something was... Decades. <laughs> <laughs> I've been wearing really heavy t-shirts. Yeah. Um, yeah. I know we always said with this, um, every season we'll probably have something new to like monitor and make decisions with yeah. training, some new way of testing, just so we can spend a bit of time on each thing to you know investigate what it's doing. Is it any good? That sort of thing. Um, so you know, the My Jump app maybe it's something we bring in for for a future series. Um, but let me ask you this like I hope you don't mind me showing this but like when we first spoke after you'd done it your initial thoughts were I'm gutted and I said to you don't be I was like you haven't mentioned yet that when you did this run and I can only imagine down on the coast it was very windy right Mm. not just physically but psychologically running into wind is a fucking hassle you know what I mean you just know Mm. in your head I'm going to have to make up for this and phoning it was going up you know, I, I get that, that mental fuckery. Second of all, you have had some niggles and injuries. You mentioned your soleus, but, you know, at the best of times, your knees are, you know, yeah, I have a, problems. I have a bony spur in my knee, which um, I can manage quite well. But uh, if I go too intense too often, which I had to towards the end um, as I approached the 5K, um, it started to get a bit, um, bit aggy. Um, yeah. But it, yeah, it was just, it was just one of those things. Um, I actually delayed doing the five k. Uh, I'll explain the last two weeks because I was trying to tape it off, taper off. Sure. So yeah, I run us through. Uh, I did a intense interval session uh, on the. That would have been. Oh god, it'd been a week. Yeah, uh, probably like eight days before. Which I felt went really well. Like I was maintaining some good speeds underneath the, the four-minute uh, four kilometer pace, which I'd need to maintain. Um, so that went quite well. Um, but one of the problems is I was struggling to get access to a, <laughs> to a, a track. So obviously the track has a certain surface which has a bit of give. So I was doing a lot of my interval stuff uh, on the driveway of uh, a sailing club that's near our house, which is obviously hard concrete, um, which my knee wasn't loving too much. And then uh, two days later, I did a tempo run. Again, normally I would probably space them out a little bit more, but I was <laughs> I was uh, going to uh, Alton Towers for my first wedding anniversary. So again, yeah, I was saying, baby, 
We're moving stuff around. Progress theory sponsored by Owen Taz. Just oh, I wish. Rita, queen of speed. <laughs> um, and so after that tempo run, which again yeah. went well, but I could feel my knee by the end of that. Um, so I don't uh, be, be on, on an honest with, with a solid knee and no pain in the soleus. Do you think you could have shaved off another 30 seconds? Um, because basically, what I'm saying is, I seem I think you're closer to that 20 minute mark than you making out, and I think with the wind, the knee, the calf, the fact you missed 30 percent, yeah, look, that's always going to happen, but. If all of those things had gone perfectly, I think we'd be having a different conversation. I think maybe, I I'm, maybe I'm just guessing. I just know the type of athlete you are and how knowledgeable. I, I feel like that could have been perfectly possible on a different set of circumstances on a different day. I think it, I would have got a better PB, despite I think what we did was more of a base building, how it ended up being. I think the key things that did have a, a major effect on it was uh, one, the, the fact that I lost around or 30% of my intense sessions were kind of compromised in some way. Mm-hmm. I think that had a big thing. Um, and I don't think the soleus was an issue when it came to the, the retest. It just mm-hmm. affected some parts of the training as we went through. Like it got a bit aggy, but it calmed down. Um, so like recovery-wise, I did well there, but it did mean that I lost a few days. Uh, so I don't think that affected me at all when it, the Celeste didn't affect me at all at the retest, but it did slightly affect my programming. Um, gotcha. uh, during the event, um, I think the knee started hurting halfway through, um, which may have affected me being quite bouncy. Um, but I think the wind was, Wind was wind, the wind was a struggle, um, unfortunately. But I know it sounds so so pathetic, but it's not. You know, it's 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 tough to run into wind, yeah, especially down by the coast. This isn't like wind around the corner. Like you know, you are right on the coast. You know, people go down to kite surf. It's that windy, so it's totally understandable that if the answer was you were running headfirst into that wind, that's going to slow you down big time. I think the key thing to mention with it is that, yeah, it might have slowed down my PB, but it would not have had that effect on the near of the 20 mark, I don't think. Um, okay. If you look at my trace of my speeds over the 5K I've, over two um, test retests, you see that I maintain a four-minute pace uh, really well for the first, I'd say, a K and a half. Then it starts to decrease a little bit, so it's like 4.06. It's not too bad but it comes to the, it's the fourth K where I drop off quite considerably and then like one K sprint at the end just to try and so make up. So can I quickly, can I, can you quickly run through that? So when you set out to do this, you know, stopwatch on, let's go. Mm. Were you trying to just rub some, run sub four minutes every kilometer or did you have a bit of a game plan? Did you know that like, if you could get through the first three, you'd have to really pick it up on the fourth, the fifth adrenaline, focus, grit, determination would get mm. you through. Like how did you in your head, like that's because we'll talk about um, the, the 10K in a moment, but mm. I had a strut in my head. I knew what was going to happen. I knew what I need to do at every specific kilometer in order to try and get there. So my, my strategy 
was to maintain that four minute pace the whole way through. Okay. Uh, I was worried that if I set off any faster than that, I would burn out. I just, cause it's, it says my, my pace at my lactate threshold using Garmin is around four minutes. One. So it's quite a lot above the yeah. lactate, threshold, which it, it is going to be quite a lot, but that's quite considerable. So that's, that's 20 minutes quite a lot above my, my lactate threshold. So, mm. um, uh, I, I knew if I went even faster that I would just completely die. So I didn't want to do that. So my aim was just to like, okay, let's hit that four minute um, pace. I had experience practicing what that felt and just wanted to keep doing it. Uh, and do you know your splits for say the first two kilometers? Yeah. So I, when I, I guess first started, I could maintain a, one minute, uh, one kilometer at four minutes and then just drop after that. Whereas now I was a bit better at maintaining it. Problem is, is I, I seem to struggle to maintain it for around three to four K. Um, cause you just, it, it gets this, okay, you're doing well, you're doing well. Okay. Nope. Nope. Okay. Sprint finish. So it's yeah. that area. It's that gap. So wonder, yeah. And what's funny is I'm exact. Well, my story is a little bit different, but when I first did the 10K practice, again, five to six K, and then it was like seven, eight, nine, I started to panic. 10, I managed to clear it back, but there's that inevitable like trough, mm. that dip, sort of two thirds of the way in. Mm. And I wonder if that's, you know, that's something that should be focused on maybe on more than the tempo runs not trying to maintain that speed that often because that's like race pace all the time, but just having tempos, which are deliberately the length, which you know, you struggle uh, at a certain pace. Uh, so you just have time doing in my case, three to four K uh, into uh, tempos, just maintaining certain pace just so that your body gets used to maintaining a speed and not dying off as you start to reach three, four K. Uh, and then building the speed up that way. Um, that is something what I probably would do if I had another eight weeks. And that's what I'd do with my tempo runs. Um, I'd focus my tempos around three, four K mark. Um, because that was going to be my final thing. What would you do differently? Mm, I would probably be that. I'd probably restructure everything to try and make sure that uh, I was doing everything over seven weeks, seven days. Rather seven than days. Six. Yeah. Uh, just because I think. And that, would you say that if you had to miss sessions, you would lose a slightly lighter session as opposed to one of the intense sessions. I reckon that's what my aim would be. I would be worried that the intensity is what you kind of want if you want to maintain that 20% of your overall training. Mm. But you might still be able to run at a very easy pace, you know, running at easy pace and running at intense pace is, is completely different. And you might have an injury, which is completely fine when you run easy, but then plays up if you run hard. So then yeah. you've got to make a decision. Okay. What's, what's best. If do you get rid of both because you need mm -hmm. to complete best or do you get some kind of benefit from still running, but not to the point where you think you're going to further your injury. Um, well, so that, it, that, that kind of leads on, I guess, to what I was going to say, which is I had that same scenario, which is I've got to make a call here. Do I just do a few and do them intense mm. or take it a little bit slower? 
but keep banking the miles. Um, I don't know if I, I'll, I'll, so I'm just, I mean, we, 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 this is now going to overlap a lot with what you've had to say. And the reason why I wanted you to do, go first is because to be honest, mine, my whole eight week program leading up to it was very disjointed and, um, to be honest, very disappointed, but I understood that there was nothing I could do to get around it. Firstly, I didn't acknowledge this at the start, but obviously, you know, this feel like I was away working for three weeks. Um, yep. So there you go. If we're talking about losing, you know, time of the program, <laughs> three of the eight weeks, I was in another country working and without getting too specific, the work was, was fitness. You know, it was all day, every day, my body working. Yes, there was some running, but a lot of it was weight, weights based, which meant two things. One is uh, I simply didn't have the time uh, to then go, right, I need to get out for an hour at the end of a day at 9 p.m. in the middle of Milan. Second thing is I was suffering quite badly with fatigue, muscle soreness, DOMS. So, you know, at the end of the day, I'd have done sometimes upwards of three to 400 squats with dumbbells and then would be asked to go and run. And in my head, I was like, oh what's the like what would be the best choice here should i not do any running and then really go for it on saturday or what and the end result was i kind of did a bit of everything i tried to use like intuition and listen to my body to figure out how i could try and stay on track with you uh, and the program and also not jeopardize the job which was obviously one of the more important things <laughs> but having said all that i started well with the program i was like feeling very good to be honest about two or three weeks into the whole thing around that second third episode things were good I'd had a few injuries but when I did go out and run I ran well and felt like the program you put together was translating into improvements do you know what I mean like I felt like okay and particularly as you said the S&C drills something which coming from a fitness professional I completely neglected for the first you know, for the last 10 years, it was only really when you, you came into the game for the stairs that I actually realized the benefit of, of spending specific time with the S and C stuff before I was very much like hit the park, run as hard as you can, 10 K today. Cool. Let's go. Um, I was at 40, 44 minutes and 16 seconds, I believe when I came into this and obviously that was a significant amount of time to drop, but we worked out. It's kind of exactly what you needed to drop. You know what I mean? It was about, 10%. Yeah. Roughly you had to lose like two and a half minutes. I had to lose about five minutes or whatever it was. Um, and again, I didn't make it. I actually did significantly worse. <laughs> my PB. But I'm not judging it. Um, I, um, I've learned a lot. One of the things is in order to do this kind of thing, you have to be very, very disciplined and whether it's, external factors or personal reasons, whatever, like the moment it starts getting a bit fluid, you're neither here nor there. You're just guessing and gambling. And then you're down to your sort of your best efforts on the day. It's kind of like, um, you want to revise and get a good mark in an exam. You know, you've got to read the whole textbook. You can't just do a couple pages and then you, you hope on the day that those questions come up. And yeah, if, if, if we're using that as a metaphor, like, I already knew most of the textbooks, some of it, you know, like I could get by, but I got like a B minus because I didn't read it all. And I had another injury that came into play from this trip, which was plantar fasciitis, which for any run, and I've never had it, 
hopefully never have it well I have it currently and I think it's one of those ones that gradually sort of tapers out and can come back to haunt you at various different stages but essentially it's like a inflammation of the tendons in your feet which as you can imagine when you're running 10k and doing the training is not pleasant however said having said that um I kind of made an agreement with myself that what are you going to do sit on your ass all day like no so I did do some running and I I I um I shortened the, the the windows for me like I never actually ran any further than 6k until race day until the sort of time trial and just like you were commenting on with how you were pretty decent for the first half and then the, I was the same I knew that for the first 5k I'd be all right you know I have run sub five sub 20 minute 5ks a fair few times and maybe arrogantly or sort of just having that confidence I knew that I could probably get halfway and be all right and then it was a question of how my body would respond given the lack of discipline training and with the injury. Um, and it got bad. You know, like it, I was hot, I was limping by the last one. Usually I have quite a nice uptick for like that final kilometer. I kind of surrender everything. Metallica goes on and like mm. I'll run my fastest kilometer mm. of, of the event. But I didn't. It was just then became a question of like just get through the 10K so you have a figure to report. Um, I'm, a no, I'm not gutted. I'm, I'm kind of frustrated that I can't do this again because I'd like to think that given the detail that we've you know, spent trying to program this, or you have, I'm never going to take credit for all that. That's you. And my desire to do it, like I feel like I can, I could do it. You know, I really feel like I could do it. And I think you can too. And I, I won't rest easy now. It's not like, well, we gave it a go. I was actually very, very frustrated. Disappointed is the wrong word because I knew given other circumstances, it, it would have been a lot smoother. Um, and I think a combination of the job abroad and this injury that flared up, it was always going to be a gamble. Um, yeah, I think you I, were very unfortunate because you were doing really well um, my, yeah i mean i mean well, my time's all right like at the halfway like mark i was checking in with you and you were like you know like this is kind of on target i mean whether it was sub 40 or 41 or 42 i don't know again like you i'd, I'd love to think i could have done it but I, in reality I, but i feel like i could have shaved off some time and definitely not added time um so basically what, what i'm trying to relay here is that I'm probably not the best example to use from this particular episode. There are things I've learned and there are things that like, just like knowledge wise, I know based on what we've discussed, I personally feel like on reflection, the lack of care or attention I paid to S and C drills before I undertook this project was perhaps the biggest like, Oh, whatever I'm doing now, whatever I'm doing, there's most likely going to be some kind of S and C type work that could um, enhance the more sort of the running, the swimming. You know what I mean? Like I never really appreciate that enough. Um, mm. I didn't feel the like extra spring or extra bounce, like specifically as you said, but I could feel parts of my body like sore or, oh, I, you know what I mean? You start to become more in tune with 
the body and and i'm a very like lace them up run mm. kind of guy and actually giving myself a little bit more spec- specific specificity you know think about how i land the foot and why this exercise is going to benefit me when i actually come to the run and trying to think about the training you know uh, uh, visualizing the gro- all made a lot more sense to me and, and like a real sense of comfort and enthusiasm because I often go into things very blinkered and it's just sort of, I know my grit will get me there. And that wasn't the case this time. And I feel like going forward, um, I'm excited to know that there's, there's some, some ways to make this really structured. And, and for a guy that is quite haphazard, I actually really do like structure. I don't have much of it, but, I really like embrace that idea. And again, going right back to the start, having film or having you mate message me, right. Here's the day. I loved that. I love that. Like it had been thought about carefully considered. It was just simply up to me to execute it was just fucking awesome. Um, so I wouldn't say gutted or disappointed. I'm an, I'm frustrated. I couldn't give it my full efforts. Um, I think you're, um, but, yeah. you're downplaying. Uh, the amount of work you had to do when you were abroad. So maybe there was, there was so it much. It was so much. You were, like, you were training for this job. Yeah, uh, all day, every day. 10 hours a day for three weeks straight. So all of a sudden, you couldn't do your running at all. Um, what you did, you reduced considerably uh, because anything more, you would just increase the severity of the injury that you got. Like you were injury yeah. free in your foot before you left yeah yeah yeah. You got yeah that was no problem because of just the total amount of work you were doing which yeah must be gutting because yeah, so just just to clarify you know yeah. i was essentially an actor for a fitness company to just demonstrate classes but as you can imagine if someone said right here's a 20 minute dumbbell workout for your legs off you go like i'd do four or five six of those a day you know so yeah there's breaks and i'm not saying i was training for 10 hours but like you know i'd be most days, hundreds of squats, hundreds of curls, hundreds of shoulder press. No question. Um, I liked what you said about um, the S&C drills. And I think what you've really taken away from them is you talked about being more attuned. I think you've yep. become more familiar with the skill of running. So you felt more familiar with certain body positions, how the body was moving between certain body positions how the body should act stiffly rather than, you know, just running. And so mm. you, you learn from doing drills where you're trying to develop certain physical qualities. You understood how they were playing because within the, the skill of running, because you actually felt it working. So mm. then all of a sudden that you were more aware of how you're moving. And then that in turn made you a more efficient runner because the transfer was better because you I had felt a better like when that, Exactly. Despite, despite the injury, which is as people, you know, it's right on the ball of your foot right here. Despite that, I felt a better or more skilled. I mean, I put it this way. If someone had filmed me running, I'd like to think I looked like a more graceful, athletic, disciplined runner at the end of it than before. Now, obviously you'd hope so. But as I point out, you know, I was pretty broken up by the time I did this on Saturday. Um, I thought I'd look like a wobbly mess. You know? um, but you're right. I felt smoother, quicker, more agile across the surface, despite the fact that 
the body wasn't actually moving as fast. You know what I mean? It felt slicker. Yeah. More economic. Economical. economical. Those are the skills and the the awareness which is going to lead to better running times in the future. Um, I hope so. So I think... You know, the eight weeks have actually been quite successful. The only the success doesn't manifest itself in the time; it's manifested itself in a lot of other knowledge. Things. Yeah, uh, knowledge. And, and, and again, um, this isn't particularly interesting for those listening, but like the enjoyment and the fulfilment from the series has come from like learning rather mm-hmm. than the result. And I know there are these cliche phrases, which you know, it's not about the end result; it's about the journey, it's about the process. And I always think bullshit buy me a lottery ticket with winning numbers i don't care about the but when it comes to things like this you know what i mean by that it's like we'd all like to work our way up a ladder and an 18 year retire or win the lottery and there's an aston martin out front by midnight with this it's like actually the fun the enjoyment has come in having problems having having to deal with them and thinking about right, well, how is this going to benefit me when it comes to actually hitting the park tomorrow? Or this is an interesting movement that I, I, I'm trying to understand and learn. And, uh, and you know, why, why am I trying to aim for this time on this day? You know, like, yeah. I'm a very visual guy. Like, I'm not very good with, with words. And like, but when I, saw, I see your, your charts and, and, and graphs and things, it's like, it's, it's much easier for me to kind of follow on like actually doing the, the job, you know what I mean? Uh, actually doing the, the running. Again, I keep thinking like, how do I feel on reflection? Frustrated that I, that I didn't, I wasn't able to put my everything into, into your program. It wasn't the time, the time's not relevant. Like maybe I'd be gutted if I put everything in and somehow ended up running 50 minutes, you know, of course. But the reality is I know I would have run faster. How much faster? I don't know. But the, the disappointment is that I wasn't able, whether it was my fault, just the life we live, you know, whatever was going on. I mean, the job was abroad. I didn't have a certain amount of clothing with me. You know, I finished the days at 10 p.m. Um, and started a little later. And, so, you know, the whole thing just made, meant that I wasn't able to give it my all. And I think we can all agree, whatever it is in life, you feel most disappointed with an exam result when you think, I didn't study for that one. You know, I should have put more time into that one. It's very rarely the one where you think, oh, I did all the work. I tried so hard and it just wasn't my day. You know, like that's easier to live with for me. Yeah. It's harder to live with the fact that like, Fred, you had the fucking, you know, you, all you need to do is just do the work. So in a weird way, I'm, I'm fairly relaxed and calm about it because I kind of knew three weeks out, I was like, this, it's going to be luck. And in a weird way, Phil, I thought in my head, because I'm an arrogant fucker, I was like, what happens if I go and do this? What happens if I just go out today and just bosh it, right? Injuries, been away, carbs, pizza, pasta, like, what (laughs) happens if I go and boss it? And I'd almost have felt fraudulent. Do you know what I mean? I'd almost have felt like either I come at this from a very good base level or fuck the training plan. It's not that important. And I'm glad it's, I'm glad it is. I'm glad that actually, no, you know, you took your foot off the gas. I didn't take my foot off the gas, you know, I was doing a lot of physical work, but in terms of following the program, I wasn't perhaps as regimented or structured as I could have been or should have been 
whoever's fault that may have been. And therefore, I didn't run as fast a time as I'd hoped. That's good. That's good for me to know. That shows that the more effort, the harder the work I put in, probably the greater the result. And do you know what I mean? I would have felt a bit like I kind of cheated. Yeah, that, that showed up be, three uh... weeks later. And just, it, would have been, it would have put all of our like, really detailed work to kind of, Maybe well, it works I, for some, but other people are just lucky. You know, I don't, I don't buy into that philosophy. I think anyone that's good has worked hard. I think something similar has happened to quite a few people. Like I, I often see on like social media, you'll have someone that will do like a 5K and then all of a sudden, like a few days later, they do 5K again. Then they'll do a 5K again. And they'll get better each time and they'll show off their new PBs and it looks good. But if you're only doing the same thing over and over again, you're going to get some very acute adaptations which are going to improve performance and you're going to get more familiar with the test. So it's likely you're going to see quick improvements at the beginning, but you're going to plateau very, very quickly early on. So quite often with these people, they, they reach like a, a peak uh, 5K time and then it's like, ah, the next time I did it, I, I didn't go as fast. And then they yeah. kind of stop. And they they, and they, complain. Don't, they don't they don't understand. Yeah, they don't understand. No, like, not in a horrible you know, way, but they go, why am I not losing more to... time? I often hear that. So I ran 21.20, trying to be, so I went out and did 5K around 20.30, and then I went 24. I'm like, okay, it's not a reflection of your hard work, but as you say, just doing the same, same thing all the time, you're going to get a few. You're going to get a few increases at the beginning, but if you're just doing the same thing over and over again, you're going to plateau and it, it, it likely you're going to the skill, the go skill you, you, and you, then you, go back down because the body's probably knackered. Um, so it just, it does highlight. Now I'm glad people wouldn't, would see someone that see who does something really quickly and sees very good like results, but over a very short period of time, because likely it's going to come from just being familiar with what you're doing. Like, if you see that, it's like, oh, this guy knows what they're doing. I need to find out what they are doing. Like, I, I would always look for advice over someone that's seen success that has consistently approved over a long period of time because that means they know what they're doing. So mm. if you've got, like, a coach who's working with a runner at PBs in 2017, PBs again 2018, PBs 2019, like, they're consistently getting better they're not seeing some massive, huge peak and then they get worse. They are consistently mm. getting better. Those are the coaches, I think, have a better understanding of what it takes to get to a high mm. level. And they also have the patience to coach in that way as well. Mm. Um, so, yeah, if you're thinking about what's important, like what's progress theory? Progress theory is all about small improvements day by day to get better very slowly over time. You know, there's exactly. no like real peak. We want to get better and better and better. I think some other people call it like 1% every day or something like that. Um, yeah. This actually has sort of like research behind it, um, mm. more so from the business field, but I think it applies very much to the sports field as well. So if we're using... And also that's the kind of... Do you know, I mean, maybe I'm... Is that not the kind of person and kind of athlete you want to be? Like, I've got I, no desire to go out tomorrow, run 38 minutes in a 10K and then balloon it to like 58 you know i want to be consistent i want to be able to confidently know what i'm capable of doing on a given given day and 
I've always kind of been about whether I've phrased it necessarily as progress theory in my life. It's always like, I know I fucking be able to deadlift 500 kg tomorrow, like chip away at it. And, and some people don't. And this comes back to that journey over the result and all these kind of things. Yeah, it's all relative. But when it comes to this, you're absolutely right. It's like the athletes and the people I respect are the people that do it three Olympics, you know, or the fighter that does it over a 10 year career rather than he took the fight last minute, knocked out Masvidal, and it suddenly he's the great... Well, put him in the ring next week. Can he can keep that up? Do you see what I mean? I've often thought about that as an analogy. It's like, you know, you go into a fight, it's a 12-week camp. You analyze your opponent, you work on your strengths, what you need to change, and you put together a program. But quite often what happens is someone gets injured and someone goes, you want to fight him? It's three days away in Vegas. You're not going to make a plan. You're going to go in with whatever you've got, and sometimes you hit him in the right part of the chin. And that would be the equivalent to me of bossing it in 39 minutes and 30 seconds. But there's no longevity to that. And to be honest, yeah, there's some short-term enjoyment and pleasure, but really it's that 12-week process that separates the greats from the, you know, you know, the consistent high-level shit. You know, I, I've always thought that. And um, I actually think the eight weeks is enough time to, to make progress and keep it kind of fresh. You know what I mean? Like I, I get distracted and bored easily at the best of times. So in my head, I'm like, actually eight weeks is a great, great window to really focus, to really double down. It's like a, it's like a term, you know? I mean, we chose eight weeks, but I guess we could have done 12. We did this, we did that. We just thought, you know, eight weeks, let's go for it. Let's see how much we can improve in that time. Let's see if we can get under 20 minutes and under 40 minutes. I really want to do it again. We, we didn't, but we improved. <laughs> we improved in some way and you can improve in various different metrics. Yeah. Um, so I think um, without trying to, I hope people don't think, ah, oh, you know, these guys are just trying to find an excuse for something that didn't quite come true. Well, technically yeah. we've, improved in many different areas so like it's been yeah. a really good i think it's very good I'll put it this way and i hate to say this if, if i was injury free and you gave me another week i'd definitely get a pb definitely like it's the injury to me i definitely improved on the 44 whether i beat sub 40 i doubt it but who knows i felt confident like my heart my lungs everything i feel i feel good you know like i feel good there's no part of me that's like oh. you know and take a week out from the job in Italy. I actually did a lot of physical work out there that probably made me stronger in some other ways and, and kept me, you know, kept the engine running. There's, you know, I'm half tempted to go back out and do it, but it, it's not important. The result is no longer important. Um, and I'd just yeah. be trying to justify something in my head, which is not what this is about. This is about settling on a plan, coming at it with an educated and informed reasoning you know, and that's where you come into this for big time, which is, you know, you, you are the top level of what you do. This is what, I mean, people, you should be paying you to, 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 to write this program for me. Like, you know, you're as knowledgeable and as uh, educated on the subject as, as one can be. Uh, and I get you, you know, when I didn't make it and I knew you didn't make it, I was like, I don't want people to listen to this and think they're talking shit. No, the truth is we've come at this with an educated and informed, uh, set of sort of measure what would you say it's like the program has been has been designed with as much care and attention to the specifics to the research 
to, you know, our lifestyles, you know, and we didn't quite hit it. But you definitely made an improvement. Call me arrogant. I would have made an improvement. I know I would have. I, I'm, I, I'm in tune enough with my body to know I would have made an improvement. And whether it was beating time or simply making an improvement, that's enough. And we, can, we, would, we would tweak a few things. And as you said, you'd make it seven days and I'd probably make sure I wasn't working abroad and maybe the Centre Parks trip would have been pushed back a week. But, but we, we, we did what we set out to do, which was improve on our current time. Yep. And, you know, and we wanted to do it taking into account that we're doing this with full-time jobs full-time and it's jobs. real life. So, and, and, and I know it's a bullshit excuse because everyone's doing it. And all the COVID, all the like, you know, all these things that just make everything a little bit more stressful. I'm proud of the eight weeks. Um, I would have, of course, done things differently and hoped for some different circumstances in others. But I'm ready. Like, th- this has got legs. You know, this is, this is how it should be done. You should, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm optimistic. You know what I mean? Like, I think you, this is you. This is like, I, I'm kind of basically saying to the world, with Phil by my side, I can do anything. <laughs> um, exactly. So, Tag team champion. To, what's, your, what's your conclusion to this thing? Because I'm conscious. Uh, looking back now, like your overall reflections, what went well, what went bad, what would you change and what mm-hmm. are you looking for, for going forward? Uh, I think like the, this program ended up being very successful because we wanted to improve as runners by improving as runners. We wanted to see if we can get better at a particular test, which was the 5k uh, to hit a certain target. Um, I think the target was probably a bit too ambitious, but that doesn't mean that everything that we did wouldn't improve you as a runner. Like there was very specific to work on key metrics, which would improve running. And we focus on, um, running at different paces based on heart rate to make sure that we were um, improving in different areas, whether it's, you know, we're trying to develop running economy, uh, our ability to sort of flush out lactate, anything like that. Everything was geared towards improving as a runner and which, you know, we did. Um, So people should think about utilizing some of the things that we've talked about in these podcasts when it comes to emphasizing their own running um mm. it's, it's certainly the, the science still is the same the practical application became a little bit difficult and that affected certain things but ultimately we wanted to utilize this podcast to talk about how we made decisions mm-hmm. and in this podcast in particular we are reflecting on decisions that we made and the outcomes of them so for one thing was me rearranging training so i could get certain runs done before being away for four days and then all of a sudden it was probably a bit too much pushed a bit too much there that caused an injury which made me miss something else you know these are all things that we reflect on like it's it's all trial and error so hopefully from you to or making it very transparent how we made these decisions what transpired what was the result that whole thing is going to um, provide information that ourselves and anyone else listening can utilize for their own decision making when it comes to making programs for improving their own running. So I think that was a big thing. And also remember, this is our first series or season. Um, We're coming to this, you know, we're not podcasters. We, we, you know, we don't do this for a living and I don't think it was always going to be perfect. And 
even excluding the running, just the podcast itself, our communication, our lifestyles, you know, the time I have to allow, like all these little things is alert. It's learning. You know what I mean? And I'm convinced that if we were to do this again in two weeks time, um, maybe we, we'd start in a slightly different place and we'd make it. It's like, I, um, I don't think the learning and the decision-making is just specific to running. You know what I mean? I think this project itself has brought a lot to light and um, going forward, we're going to be making decisions and choices externally from whatever event or skill we're, we're attempting next. Man, I'm have you enjoyed it? Do, 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 do you feel like you're happy? Yeah, I, I, I'm really happy. But at the same time, I think this has scratched the surface. Like it's just made, yeah. made me more hungry, whether yeah. it's from like physical performance way, but it's also from like a podcasting way. Yeah. Way I'm, I'm very hungry to try and do. I'm, I'm really more. hungry specifically for the, I love the learning. Mm. I, maybe I spend so much time like running and lifting weights and telling other people what to do that I get sometimes not bored, but when I listened, especially the second and third episode, like I feel like as a listener, do you know what I mean? I'm like learning, I'm, I'm developing as a, as a professional. And that's what I particularly enjoyed. You know, I, lo I love working out. This is why we both kind of do jobs that we do. It's because we like that. I knew that. But I wasn't the best, you know, school kid because I wasn't particularly interested in certain things. And I found like a real interest in learning about how I can put my body and the things that you taught us to good use we want to like yeah. i don't want to play that off phil you've spent hours and hours and hours i don't think everyone at home realizes like phil's done 90 percent of the heavy lifting for this because he's first of all 90 percent better looking 90 percent stronger yeah. and just 90 percent more knowledgeable but um it's really your wisdom that has even got us close or me <laughs> close to feeling the way i do and and long may it continue my friend certainly i mean it's a sports science show and with, the, with podcasts and different ways of learning now, people are learning differently. So now yep. it's a chance to like really emphasize that. Yep. We want people to join this journey. And the best way of doing that is to teach each other. So yes. that's what we're trying to do. And, we're ne and also just to finalize, we're never going to bullshit you. We could have come on here and gone, we both made it and we made the best decisions and followed the podcast. You know, like we, we vowed to each other and to you guys, like totally transparent the pros, the cons, the injuries, the upsets, whatever it was. And there it was, you know, didn't quite make it both pretty uh, happy with how it went. And like, there's more to come. So stay tuned kind of thing. Right. <laughs> I mean, like there's not a lot more, like uh, we're not going to shoot go to it. There were some injuries, there were some problems, but on moving on, take it. Let's go. Let's moving go. on. LFG. Um, LFG. Well, I, I was thinking maybe we could check in with the listeners in like a couple of days with a maybe a mini like what's going going to happen going forward because obviously there'll be a season two and three and four and we'll eventually be in double figures and chasing down Rogan. But for now, that's kind of right. season one wrap up. And um, what I'd love though, and I'm not sure it's going to happen, but I hope that someone writes, I do think it's going to happen. I I hope someone writes to us and said, I did the 5K and I made it, or I shaved a minute off my PB, or I did the 10K and I didn't quite make it, but I gained 30 seconds or whatever. So stay letting us know, even if it's not immediately, if you decide to do this at a later date, just write to us and let us know how you got on because 
that's a real joy for me, help, trying to help other people like Phil's exactly. helping. <laughs> exactly. We want everyone to join this journey, so let's do it. Get involved. And always just get better and better each day. Progress theory. Progress theory. Progress so let's try and do that. Let's do this again. You ready? This is All our right. new thing. Ready? One, two, three. Oh, you got me quicker than that. Hold on. Ready? Should we count now? Three, two, one. High five. No, oh, you went slow. High <laughs> five. Are we going on four? It's that spot three. that we did in the second episode. So. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> big love, brother. I now have to go and teach class, I'm afraid, ladies and gentlemen. I've got four minutes. So I'm going to say thank you for listening. Stay tuned for series two. And uh, Phil, love you like a brother, mate. Love me. Progress Good theory. Later. Take it easy, guys. Take See it ya. easy, brother. <laughs>